welcome, welcome everyone to the next episode of Cut the Curve. I'm Philip Flipman Zweig, and today I have with me uh, a friend of mine, a, uh, someone I've known for years, uh, Noah. He's president of Capital Fund One. Correct. Awesome, yep. awesome to have you here today, Noah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I've been in the game now 23 years. I've flipped over a thousand properties uh, here in Arizona. Things have always evolved and changed. So that's my background right now. I'm uh, currently two years into the Airbnb journey. Um, and then we started Cut the Curve to interview moguls, mentors, and entrepreneurs. And Noah fits all those. So Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, um, throughout the show, we're going to talk to Noah about what he has done um, since getting involved in the real estate space, and then also three takeaways that he's going to give you guys um, as far as tips, tricks, uh, shorten your length of learning. There's a lot of different things you could do in real estate, and um, hard money lending is a giant industry today. Yes. So, um, Noah, how did you um, start in your, like, all right, traditional path? You said you went to college, mm -hmm. and then what did you do right after yeah. college? Yeah, so I'm an Arizona native, grew up here, uh, went to high school, or went to school and graduated from Scottsdale Christian, then went to school over in California, uh, California Lutheran University, played Division three basketball there. For, oh, sweet. For I didn't know you were a basketball player. We'll yeah. get along. Yeah, absolutely. Got the Bulls court in the back here. Yep, love it. Yeah. What position? Guard? Uh, shooting, shooting guard. guard. Yeah, okay. I just ran around and shot three-pointers. Nice, um, nice. So, yeah, yeah so that Steph was Steph Curry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so did that. Came back uh, to Arizona after I graduated. Uh, failed miserably at trying to sell insurance for about a year and a half. Uh, like we talked about, I realized I wasn't good at talking to people about the last thing in the world they want to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, so then got into real estate um, in 2004, uh, worked with a friend uh, who I'd gone to high school with and his dad who had been a, a land developer uh, for about 30 years. Um, so he did some land development deals up in North Scottsdale, uh, down in Pinal County. Um, so did that from 04 to 07, then uh, had an opportunity to go work for a commercial developer as a development manager, so worked for Panatoni Development uh, here in town. Um, from 07 to 09, we, we did uh, five industrial developments uh, throughout the valley, so that was good. Got to, got to learn about the, the construction yeah. side and the commercial side a lot. Um, and then obviously music kind of stopped um, in, in 09. They shut the office down and then I came back and hooked up with uh, Justin and Mike who had started buying some properties at the trustee sale auction. Uh, doing fix and flips so they needed some help uh, so we did we ended up doing 20 or 25 fix and flips and then we were well we were down at the courthouse we met some investors that needed some capital for some deals so we made a couple loans uh, then just decided to, to focus on the lending business and just kind of grown it from there amazing so that insurance job right out of college did you, what did that like teach you as far as like we've all had those first jobs like I sold copiers, like I was telling you, and got yeah. beat up almost every day. Mm -hmm. Even though everyone needs a copier, they, they're like, oh, we just saw a guy, another copier right. salesman. Yeah. <laughs> what did that like teach you? How did you yeah. decide to do insurance after getting your bachelor's degree? Like, yeah, so I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, like a lot of hard. people. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, the company Thrivent Financial uh, had some on-campus interviews. I knew some of the people that worked there, so. I figured I'd, I'd give it a go, but 
but yeah, I realized that, uh, how long did you do that? So that was about a year and a half. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, lasted. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cold calls, a lot of calling people, uh, that had policies and, and I realized I didn't, didn't take rejection, uh, so well, you know, getting hung yeah. up on and let stare at the phone and think, ah, oh, all right, got to pick it back up. But, uh, but yeah, it was good. I, I definitely learned. Taught you. Yeah. Some, sometimes it's good to learn, you know, what you like and what you don't like. And I definitely, uh, I like that kind of sure. helped, helped learning that. Cause as young, 21, 22, you're, I mean, I never, like I had part-time jobs, but mm -hmm. now you're, this is mm -hmm. a whole new yeah. thing that's opened up. What do you yep. do if you're not a, you know, specialty doctor, yep. lawyer? So exactly. you got into that. And then did you, your buddy, he directed, like, did you know anything about real estate when you got into the land development as your first, yeah. like real estate? Yeah. I'd always been interested in real estate. You know, I hadn't, hadn't really worked, uh, worked in real estate, but always had an interest. Um, and, and yeah, just talking to, uh, to my buddy who was my roommate at the time, just about what he was doing. And he just said, Hey, yeah, stop trying to, uh, sell insurance. Cause it's not, it's not going so well. You should come, come join me. Um, yeah. and I, I liked it and I jumped at the opportunity. So what I'm hearing Noah say is you had a mentor right out of mm -hmm. the box for, for real estate with yep. his dad being in the business 30 years and yep that I'm sure gave you that sense of security, but you still got to hustle and prove yourself, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, it's important to have a, a mentor uh, for sure to, to learn from. I mean, a lot of times, you know, especially as a younger person, you kind of got to make your own mistakes and, and learn through that. But it's nice to have somebody to, uh, you know, make sure you're not making a, a life altering mistake. For uh, sure. For yeah. sure. So similar to you, um, I met Jerry who's mm -hmm. changed my life as far as a mentor. Yeah. He, um, he had been, he started when he was 30, retired at 50. I'm like, mm -hmm. holy cow, that's, a, that's mm -hmm. pretty amazing. So yeah. he had 20 plus years experience mm -hmm. and I was doing it in the late nineties. I met him around 2004. Also mm -hmm. when I met Jerry, my business just mm -hmm. went through the roof because yeah. he was a proven, he failed, he succeeded, mm -hmm. he went through two or three recessions. So yeah. that tremendously helped yeah. me just feel, I had to make the mistakes, but right. he would guide me on no, like you said, no yeah. giant mistakes where mm -hmm. you could lose everything yeah. and stuff of that nature. So yeah, absolutely. that's what we're saying. Get a mentor if you don't have one. You could learn on your own, but it's going to take you, I don't know how long to try mm -hmm. to figure out the game, yep. game yourself. Yep. Absolutely. So you got into it. Was it, was it everything you thought it was or like, how did you, what was the day to day stuff with land development? Cause you said you would buy like five acres or five mm -hmm. parcels or. Yeah. I mean, it was, again, it, I learned a lot. Um, so yeah, typically we would, we would go, we were doing a bunch of stuff up in Rio Verde. Okay. Uh, kind of. That, in that county island in North Scottsdale. So we'd, we'd, you know, try to identify sellers. Um, you know, we did a lot of mailers, knocked on doors, all that kind of stuff, just to find people that were interested in selling. And obviously, you know, in real estate, you, you make your money when you buy it. Mm -hmm. um, so try to negotiate the best deal, you know, most favorable terms as possible. Um, and then depending on the zoning and what we could do, we'd, we'd split uh, split the parcel into smaller pieces and you know typically you can sell uh, you know we'd buy by the yard and sell by the foot so you can Ooh, sell a little bit of a, yeah, so a foot. interesting so yeah. 
there is a lot of county islands throughout Arizona, and mm -hmm. I've never flipped on a county island, but mm -hmm. I always wondered about how the value, what you could do, because you could really mm -hmm. do some big things, it sounds like, with yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more flexible, a little bit easier to do to lot splits and things like that. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was a good opportunity. We made some money doing that. Um, and then, like I said, that, that area kind of dried up a little bit and, you know, call it 06. I mean, values were, were going through the roof. Um, uh -huh. so then went down to Pinal County, Casa Grande and, and Maricopa. Okay. Um, so it sounds like you guys were ahead of the curve because there wasn't as much mm -hmm. people out in Casa Grande. Now yeah. it's exploded, but yep. I mean, in 06, were, was there... Any comp, like I'm sure there was competition, but probably not yeah. the way it is today. Yeah, there, there was definitely some competition, but but you're right. It just you know buying and selling land wasn't wasn't as popular back then, and you know some people are aren't comfortable with with land. And fortunately, I had a good mentor to you know kind of teach me the, the different things that I need to look out for. Um, so yeah, there's definitely. So you guys were making money. Did you have any? I mean, I know I did when I was flipping. Like I. I did it, like I told uh, people before, I did a, uh, in Canto, I did a flip down there on, uh, by the fairgrounds in Phoenix 19th. It was a historic district, mm -hmm. but I didn't do it the right way. I did right. it like it was a track home, so I, right. I lost money there. Mm -hmm. Did you have any losses during your... Yeah, you know, I mean, definitely, you know, did well up in Rio Verde, did, did a couple deals down, uh, down in Casa Grande, then bought a deal in, in Maricopa in... Man, I think it was like late 06, okay. early 07. Okay. So the, the music was, was starting to starting to stop. It hadn't mm -hmm. completely uh, stopped yet. So so yeah, that was one that, that I had to work through. I, and I you had to figure it out, right? Yeah. Like, I got a seller carry on it. I put a down payment down. So I had to go back to the seller and renegotiate, give him back a portion of the land, got some credit for, for the money I'd put down. So I kept a, kept a five acre piece. But you know, just to put it in perspective, I think I bought that land for $30,000 an acre and just finally sold the five acre piece, you know, 15 years later for like $12,000 an acre. Mm. So, um, so land, uh, obviously went a little, went a little crazy pre, pre great recession. Yes. Um, yes. so, so yeah, but, but worked through it. But that's what I love about real estate. And if you have good mentors on your team, you, mm -hmm. you could, learn from them and tr you know figure things out it's it's like Absolutely. it's not the end of the world so you could exactly. work through it and mm -hmm. think long term versus short term is what i was always yeah taught so 15 yeah. years later you're yeah yeah in any any challenging situation it's a it's an opportunity to to learn and grow so yeah so that's definitely something people gotta gotta keep in mind i mean if something doesn't go is planned don't freak out just sit down and, and figure out how to work through it because there's always a way to work through there things. is and and again the challenges if you're in the game you're going to get hit with challenges just like when you're playing basketball or mm -hmm. whatever the defense is shifted so you mm -hmm. have to adjust your game the coach yeah. has to adjust the game plan like zone and Absolutely. like hey guys quick announcement i just launched my new passive income accelerator course in this course you'll learn how I built my Airbnb portfolio to 10 properties and growing while amassing three to $5,000 per property per month. If you want to learn more, go to piaaccelerator.com slash go 
and sign up for their early bird special. And now back to the podcast. So uh, real estate's very similar. Mm -hmm. If you're an athlete, like how do we adjust? And the market changes too. Because mm -hmm. I remember in 07, um, these developers wanted to sell us like these track models and then we would lease it back to them in mm -hmm. Maricopa. But my mentor at the Jerry, he's like, ah, oh, let's think about it. Cause these were like 400,000 brand new homes. Mm -hmm. They would have them as their models. They yep. would work and then we would buy them and they would lease it back. Mm -hmm. But thank, thankfully we decided against that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that we, was probably 06, 07. Right. Yeah. And then the unthinkable happened. Mm -hmm. You know, 08, we had all these rentals. We were with Washington Mutual and... Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, they're no, they no longer exist. They no longer exist. And <laughs> yeah. they would not help us. They would mm -hmm. not help us during that 08, 09. They're like, yeah. So eventually yeah. we had to, I think we had a portfolio of, well, we did almost 50 rentals and mm -hmm. everything we had to get back. And yep. bro, that was like... Yeah. Painful. Painful. Yeah, for sure. So um, learning experience, though, and, mm -hmm. you know, we're still here, what, 12, 13 years later. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. We, we grew through it. And so 08, 09, you were down at the trustee sale, you said, Noah? Yeah. Yeah, so we, we were buying uh, properties down at the trustee sale. During the recession or after? So we started in like late 08, early 09. Okay. Um, so kind of, you know, in hindsight, right, right at the bottom. Gotcha. Um, so we were buying properties and doing, doing fix and flips ourselves. So, so you were um, probably buying what, 20, 30 cents on the dollar. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I remember you could, you could go to Maryvale and basically point out any house and it was 25, maybe 30 grand. Yes. You could buy anything. Anything you want to know. know. Shout uh, out to Chris Hughes. I don't know if you know Chris, Frank yeah. Barry, like those guys oh, yeah. ate that stuff up oh, down yeah. there. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so we were buying um, kind of all over the place. But, uh, but yeah, while we were down there, we met uh, some other investors that needed, needed some capital uh, for, some, for some properties that they had purchased. So we made a couple loans. Because no one had money. Well, at least I didn't have money because yeah. then like it felt like all the investors from the US like we mm -hmm. like didn't have anything. So yeah. Canadians helped me greatly when they Absolutely. came in our market. Yeah, so there was there was a few hard money lenders that had a little bit of money that, that they were lending, but there wasn't there wasn't enough um, based on the amount of activity that was going on at the trustee sale with all the foreclosures. Yeah. Uh, so we just identified the opportunity and um, Mike Anderson, the founder of the company had about $2 million that we were working with doing the flips. And then we just started moving that over uh, to the, to the lending business, made a handful of loans, felt like the business had legs. So we created our fund back in 2009 and then started oh. reaching out to friends and family to, to raise capital, to grow the business. So when you were flipping during that period, because I, I wasn't flipping, I had to take a three-year hiatus to mm -hmm. get money. And yeah. I, I leveraged that to help Canadians. So I, mm -hmm. I taught a lot of Canadians yep. how to invest. But um, so say you bought a house for 30,000 and mm -hmm. you know we all know Maryville in Arizona, but if you're not from Arizona, it's, it's really a, um, Older community, maybe yeah. built in the 50s by John F. Long. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's... Yeah, working know, class neighborhood. Working class neighborhood. Yeah, but good, um, good, good location right off the, the 10, right yep. off freeways. So, Bread so, and yeah. butter properties yeah. built really well. Probably, mm -hmm. 
I don't know, I think the biggest was like 1,600 square feet model, mm -hmm. and then people would just add on additions and stuff. Yep, yep. So who was actually buying those properties back in like 08, 09, 2010? Yeah, at that point, it was, it was really just mom and pop investors. So groups like ourselves that had a little bit of money that we were working with, you know, maybe if they had relationships with, with hard money lenders, they uh -huh. could leverage that a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, there's you know, a lot of people down there, you know, Chris Simon and oh, Bob yeah. Binkley and, and all those guys, uh, Jeff Howard and John Ray. John, we use yep. we use Jeff and John's bidding service. Um, so so yeah, there was there's a decent amount of people down there um, that were either buying for themselves or buying for, for clients. Mm -hmm. um, so So when you so, yeah. sold those were they selling at like sixty, seventy thousand or what were you getting on Yeah, so sale? if we I'm trying to I remember one one deal. I think we bought the house for twenty five grand, put fifteen or twenty grand into it, and then sold it for I think eighty five ninety thousand. Okay. So there was some there was some healthy healthy margins, margins on nice. on properties back in the day. Um, and we, I mean, we we kind of knew what we were doing. We'd uh -huh. go in and put a budget together, and as usual, you know, completely bust it and decide right. we wanted to do different <laughs> things. But but fortunately the you know the the spreads were healthy, so right. so you could make a mistake back then and still still make so a make some profit. money on your flips. Yeah, um, flipping's changed quite a bit yep. since then. That yep. area today, holy cow! What are they getting on those? I remember in, in Jamil's uh, in the first season of of his show, they I think it was a sixteen hundred square foot house that they sold for like three ninety seven. Um, so. That same house we would have sold for eighty or ninety grand. Yeah. If they're now selling for Back you know four hundred grand. Four hundred thousand down mm -hmm. there. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yep. Um so you saw this opportunity, it sounds like no, in the in the private lending space because mm -hmm. when I first started in the late nineties, like I don't there wasn't as many Yeah. I mean, there was a, a handful, I'd say, so mm -hmm. there, you know, there were private money, family money, whatever. Yeah. There wasn't, the, the industry has, yeah. has exploded today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you saw that opportunity with Mike and then mm -hmm. you just jumped in and, yeah. and, and went full force or how'd, how'd that work? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, raising money back then was a challenge because obviously, you know, when things are bad, people think they're never gonna get better. And then a lot of negative news was out there every yeah. day. This bank shut down that right. bank. Like every time I went to my parents, I didn't watch the mm -hmm. news, but my parents were always on oh, there. Yeah. Like, I can't watch this. Yeah, exactly. So, so it was, it was a challenge and you know, it was on the heels of Bernie Madoff. Oh yeah. Yep. And then, you know, Scott Coles with, with mortgages <laughs> limited and just, you know, unfortunately taken his, taken his life and they had about a billion dollar portfolio and, you know, investors. His father were, started that. Mm -hmm, yep. Yeah, he yeah. did. Scott, Scott definitely, you know, ramped up, um, you know, got, got a little bit more aggressive, you know, in, in hindsight, maybe too. Did aggressive. you ever work with Shane Albers? He I, had a I know fund. Shane. Yeah. IMH. They, 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 they had yeah. about a billion dollars out as well. So. Yeah. I went to visit Shane quite a bit and Jerry, my mentor, mm -hmm. he lived up in North Scottsdale mm -hmm. and a lot of his friends were retired executives at the mm -hmm. time back in you know, 06, 07, and yeah. Shane, you know, he was well-networked, so we mm -hmm. would go sit in his office, and most of Jerry's neighbors had invested mm -hmm. in IMH at yeah. the time. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good, because we, you know, we started, 
you know, kind of at the bottom, like I said. So, you know, fortunately, we didn't have to work through those years of, you know, working through those bad loans. Yes. Um, Is that ever? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, but we definitely learned a lot, you know, maybe as what to not do or, mm -hmm. or how to do it differently. Because typically as, as private lenders and debt funds grow, um, the, the people managing those funds get sick and tired of making the two $300,000 loan. And they say, hey, you know, we need to get chunks of money out the door. So let's do, you know, two, three, four, five, ten, twenty million dollar loans. Interesting. Um, and that's, hmm. you know, a lot of, a lot of the loans that didn't go so well. I mean, the, the poster child's probably that center point, uh, project in Tempe that sat there, you know, unfinished for, for years. Um, uh, but they were doing a lot of larger land deals, you know, speculative land deals, bigger construction loans, bigger commercial deals where what we do is we still focus on um, unservicing the, the fix and flip buyers. So we're doing almost you know, 90, 95% of the loans we do on a monthly basis are, are fix and flip loans and our average loan amount's about 380,000. So what I'm hearing you say is you are very bread and, I call them the bread and yeah. butter deals, right? Absolutely. Like, yep. That's what I always focused on my fix and flips mm -hmm. was bread and butter, bread yep. and butter. Yep. And I was always like influenced like, oh, why don't you do this luxury? And I mean, that just wasn't for me. I was like, let's just make a hit here and keep yep. hitting the bases, yep. you know, some singles, singles double, some doubles. Yep. And, and, that's, and that's what I learned from my mentor too, because you have to have consistency and you have to get mm -hmm. better at what you're doing. And yeah. I'm still getting better at what I do. Like yeah. I'm sure you're always Absolutely. changing and evolving with the, mm -hmm. the marketplace. Yep. Um, so you and Mike started that and then did you, when did you get into it full time, Noah? Because I, I started hearing your name out of, maybe at some of the Azria meetings, mm -hmm. like you were really like out there, like yeah. meeting yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were, I was working on it full time. It was just like, like I said, it was a little challenging to, to raise capital. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to market our services too much if we didn't have money. Because the worst thing in the world is, you know, whether it's you saying, hey, I can buy your house. And then somebody calls you back and you say, ah, never mind. I, I don't have any money to buy it. If, if we were marketing, hey, we have money to lend. And somebody reached out to us and we didn't have money. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you mess up your res reputation. It's a waste of marketing dollars. So it was, it was a balancing act. Was it kind of know. a gradual? Yep. Yeah. So it was, you know, all right, we'd raise some money. So we do a little bit of marketing. Um, and then, you know, we'd, we'd raise a little bit more. So, so then we'd, uh, we do even more marketing and kind of a game changer for us was back in, uh, 2013, we were able to get a line of credit, uh, from Western Alliance bank. Oh, which is really, that a local bank or? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, they're, they're based here. Um, Robert Sarver, the, the owner of the Suns. It's, oh, it's gotcha. The that he Based started. out in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so that was really helpful. That allowed us to, to have access to, to a little bit more capital. Um, so then we could really start ramping and up our market. And that was in 13? Yeah, 13. Yeah, so 13, 14 is when we really started trying to do a little bit more marketing and, and get the word out there. Excellent. Um, yeah. So what would you say, Noah, to someone, because I don't, I use private money and mm -hmm. hard money, but I don't know much about it. That's yeah. why you're here as the yeah. guest. And so what would you say um, to someone just looking to get started? Maybe they want to start their own private money, hard mm -hmm. money. What would you suggest that they would like do yeah. to get into that space? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're trying to get into the space, I mean, the, the, the challenge is just that balance, you know, you, 
you have to you have to have money to lend, but you also have to have places to lend the money. Um, so so I think you know a lot of times the the challenge is just groups that get out there and you know market their services too much and don't have money to to fund deals. So so it's it's really just trying to focus on both, not do too much of one because you don't want to have too much money and not enough deals to fund or, or vice versa. That makes um, sense. So you yeah. went to with Mike, he had a couple million, but once that, were, at that time, were you going to family and friends or mm -hmm. how, how does someone even raise capital? Like, yeah. you have to have a business plan, I'm sure, and mm -hmm. present. Yeah, I mean, for us, it, it was nice. And, and that's the other thing with, with people starting it. I mean, with, like with any business, if you can go to a prospective investor with, you know, a track record, at least it doesn't have to be a overly extensive track record, uh -huh. but it's a lot easier to say, hey, Here's the here's the ten loans we've done. Here's the interest rate we got. Here's the cash flow we received. Here's how it performed, versus going to somebody and saying, "Hey, I got a brilliant idea. I got a brilliant plan. Give me your money." And you know, you don't. You would never say, "We'll work the kinks out with your money," but the investor kind of knows that the kinks will get worked out with their money. So, so yeah, if you can, if you can somehow bootstrap it, that makes um, sense. So just test it make sure that that thing works yeah. and then show them a track record. Like yeah. you said, here's 10 deals we did, here's yep. the money we made. And yep. then from mm -hmm. there, I think they're more likely to buy into yeah. what you're basically your service, what you're selling. Yeah. Yeah. Any investor is going to, going to like to see actual deals you've done in a track record versus a, a fancy business plan because, you know, everybody gets rich on paper, yes. but it's, you know, when you've actually done it and, and can demonstrate that, that you know what you're doing. So back in the day, it was 18% interest, right? Yep. Is that what you oh, yeah. guys were getting on your money? 18%, nobody negotiated. Yeah, you know, here it, was, it is. If there's money available, great. I mean, we'd get deals where somebody bought something for 300,000 and they wanted a $250,000 loan and I'd say, I've got 200 grand available. You know, it's, it's yours if you it's want like, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm literally, that's, that's all the money we have to, to lend right now. So. So yeah, there just wasn't as much competition back then. You know, there was probably, you know, four or five groups that were doing it. There's there's plenty of private investors that have always and will continue sure. to be out there. Um, but yeah, so so the the industry's evolved significantly all over um, the world, like country. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. so, that's it's fascinating. So mm -hmm. you were kind of early on in the industry, like mm -hmm. um, so. Once you decided to go to Western Alliance, was that um, just because you, you saw the, the spreads were going to work out as far as... Yeah. Because obviously you have to pay them mm -hmm. money and then yep. you, you make your money on the spreads. How did, how did that all work out? Yeah. So the, the line of credit... So before we had the line of credit and we just had equity that we'd raised from investors, we always had to keep, you know, two, three million in the bank to be able to fund loans which is a drag on yields because your equity isn't out 100% working. Mm -hmm. So once we put the line of credit in place, we could use that for to fund loans and when payoffs came in to, to pay down the line. So it helped with yields uh, because we were able to keep our equity, you know, 100% efficient. And then on the on the line of credit, we get the arbitrage as well. Gotcha. We're borrowing the money at less than than we lend it at. So so what it really allowed us to do was get more competitive with our interest rates because we could still give our investors the same returns they were getting before, but we could lower our, our interest rate um, to, to make it more 
palatable to the borrowers. Um, so, so it's always, you know, a balancing act. You got to keep your investors happy, but you got to keep your borrowers happy too. So yeah, if, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So was Western Alliance the very first institution or did you go to others? Um, yeah, so we, we had a relationship, one of our investors who, who became a, a partner in Capital Fund One, the operating company, he was on the board at Western Alliance. So Excellent. he was able to go to, to Sarver and, you know, explain what we needed, why he thought it was a, a, a loan that they should consider. Um, so it took, took Did a you guys kind of create that present, like create that niche then? Because they, maybe they never dealt with like yeah. lending it to a hard money lender before. Yeah, huh? they, we were the first that they, the first line of credit that they put in place for, for a true hard money lender. And I think they'd done another, another facility for a group that was buying non-performing loans. Okay. But for a, an originator that was actually, you know, making retail loans to, uh, to investors, we were the first one that they did. And, and they've grown that business. I think last time I checked with them, they've got, you know, two and a half or $3 billion in, in commitments out just in that space lending to, to other uh, hard money lenders. Yeah. yeah. And so did they give you a, like, a certain dollar figure yep. like and then yes yeah, so we started with a 20 million dollar credit facility 20 million they yeah started. that's amazing yeah so yeah it was just, good yeah yeah so the way the way the, those credit facilities work is you have to put up loans in your portfolio as collateral and then they have for a, security for security okay and then they have an advance rate you know it depends on the loan but call it 70 percent so if we put up a hundred thousand dollar a loan, we can access $70,000. Gotcha. So we'd use our capital, make the loans, add collateral, and then be able to access more money to, to, to lend out. Beautiful. Um, so Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it worked, worked out well. And were you able to, what were the rates then? So you went from 18, did you change your, um, yeah. So we, interest? over time we, we brought our rates down to, you know, we're at 18, then we're at 16, then we're at 14, then 12. And now, you know, we're, we're right in the 10% range. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, over time, um, you know, for, for us, we, we want to make sure that we're uh, competitive in, in the marketplace. So probably not always going to be the least expensive. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've worked with some lenders that'll lend you some money at a little bit lower rates. You know, some of them may not be as easy to, to, to work with us. I won't name names, but there's some national lenders right. out there yep. that, that can be maybe a little bit more difficult. Um, to work with. So, so we're not always going to be the cheapest. We're not always going to be the most aggressive, but, but we want to make sure that we're, yeah. We're really and what I like about working with you guys, Noah, is your, um, the speed, the ease of ease of yep. use. Like yep. it's not like draining on my time. Yep. It's like, here's the property exactly. and then you have some paperwork we fill out and yep. then you're like, all right, here's our commitment. We'll yep. do this much. And yeah. boom. Yeah, and we, I mean, we've we've built a, a good reputation because ease of the transaction, certainty of execution. You know, when we say we're going to fund, we fund. You do it. Yeah. We, we don't come back at the last minute and say, oh, investment committee said we got to increase the down payment or increase the the interest rate because that's that's just what kills yeah. kills your reputation. So um, for you guys that don't know, I you guys must be the Noah's group capital fund one is the largest in Arizona right now, or? Yeah, I think uh, as far as a, a local local lender, I, th I think we're, we're probably one of, if not the largest. That's amazing. How many deals, transactions are you guys doing like right now every month in Arizona? Because yeah. you're also in Texas and Colorado, I yep. mean, you mentioned. Yeah, so we've, you know, COVID 
obviously was, was stressful for everybody. Yep. We didn't know if it was the flu or the Black Plague. We didn't know what was going to happen with the real estate market. But as we all know, it really just poured gasoline on an already hot uh, yeah. real estate market. So we've grown really month over month since, you know, call it June or July of 2020. So last, last month was, was a record month for us. We think we did 365 loans, uh, originated about 150 million this month, depending on what we close today. Cause today's the last, last oh, day that's of the right. month. Yep, yep. I think we'll fund about 420 loans and originate about 160, 170 million. So these are um, record setting months for yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, so so even, you know, everybody's a little nervous, interest rates going up. Yep, yep. I mean, as interest rates go up, obviously affordability becomes becomes more of an issue. So there's not as many buyers. Uh, so your buyer pool is a little bit smaller. But there's still such a major supply and demand imbalance. I mean, I mm -hmm. think two months ago, there was 4,500 homes available and we're doing nine to 10,000 sales a month in, in greater Metro Phoenix. So we had half a month supply. Healthy is three to five months supply. So people are concerned, oh, inventory's up 100%, which is still only one month of supply. So we really need supply to increase three, four, maybe 500% to be back to more of a balanced, Stabilized healthy market. market. So as long as that supply and demand imbalance remains, there's still going to be a decent amount of transactions because there's still people moving here. Yeah. People, people want to live in, in greater Metro Phoenix and Arizona. So there's still a lot of buyers out there. So for that reason, you know, I don't think appreciation is going to continue at 30%. It's been, but, yeah. Yeah, it's been out of control. But, but we'll still see above average appreciation, in my opinion, for the next 12 It's interesting because the guys in the trenches, like you and myself, like we see it one way and then you'll be listening to people that don't do real estate mm -hmm. and they're trying to tell us like what's yeah. going to happen. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. What are they like, you know, I know they're economists, but like mm -hmm. what, what's the real down and dirty of what we're doing here? Yeah. And we're, we're obsessed about digging into the statistics and looking at inventory and days on market and, you know, price points and, you know, um, Tom Ruff with, uh, uh he, he puts out the stat report. Uh, he's with information market he, he does a good job of tracking, okay, what are properties selling um, as a percentage of the list price? So, you know, obviously that's been over 100% over the past, you know, 12 to 18 months. So we're keeping a close eye on that just to kind of mm -hmm. see. To gauge uh, it. Yeah, to, to see that. So we're looking closely at that. Then we're obviously paying close attention to, to our portfolio um, and, and our business. And yeah, know, so like I said, it's. Tracking the data, watching yep. Tom's projections yep. and, and just adjusting mm -hmm. if you need to adjust. Yeah. Hey guys, quick announcement. I just launched my new Passive Income Accelerator course. In this course, you'll learn how I built my Airbnb portfolio to 10 properties and growing while amassing three to $5,000 per property per month. If you wanna learn more, go to piaaccelerator.com slash go and sign up for the early bird special and now back to the podcast um are you gonna change up your interest rates based on inflation and stuff right now or what are you guys thinking yeah on that? yeah we've we've made some some small adjustments i mean again you know we're in the the private money space it's it's become 
a little bit more standardized, but it's still not like the, the conventional lending space sure. where as rates go up, everybody's rates go up. Yeah. So we're, we're paying close attention to the market because, yes, we, we should raise our interest rates, but if nobody else does and we become less competitive, then, then we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. So I had a conversation with somebody the other day. He asked if we'd raised our interest rates, and I said we hadn't yet. And he said, okay, well, let me get this straight. Everybody in the world is paying more for everything except your borrowers. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, when you, when you put it that way, I, I understand what you're saying. So, uh -huh. so yeah, I think we'll, we'll make some small adjustments. Adjustments, and, yeah. eventually. Yeah, yeah. But not, nothing significant. Yeah, and, and what I respect and like about um, Capital Fund One is, like, there's no, here's our program, you yeah. want it, or, yeah. I mean, that's, I'd like to know what yeah. the program is, and I know what I'm working with then, exactly. and there's no, like, oh, I need, here's, it's 200, I'll loan you if you want it, like, right. it sounds like you've stuck strong to those principal values. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's, that's another thing, I mean, with people that are in the industry or, or getting started, I mean, you definitely, with everything, including your lending relationships, you want to, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. You want to have relationships with, with multiple lenders because, you know, there might be deals that, that we really like, so we'll give more favorable terms, but there's deals for whatever reason we just don't like as much. Yeah. It, but another lender may like it a lot more than we do, so. Yeah, um, and it's more, like, for me, like, that's collaboration. Like, yep. I like that advice because realtors ask me that all the time like that's how i source a lot of my deals is through realtors like yeah. am i the only realtor you're going to be working well yeah. no <laughs> there's, that'd be silly. there's so that's silly there's right. so much space there's so many yeah. days this day may not work for you this right. loan and yeah. it, it may work for noah but yeah. now it's, it may not so then you yeah. have to go to different private money lenders so exactly. keep your options open i yep. think is what noah's saying and yeah. you know um that that's great advice so the um, rate is under 10 right now, right? Yeah, so is on that, fix and flip stuff, we'll... Is it all fix and flip or are you doing long-term stuff? So too? we'll do, um, you know, we'll do single-family residential, so we'll lend on fix and flips or, or rental properties. Okay. Typically, if somebody uses us to buy a rental or a vacation rental, they're going to use us to close quickly. Then they're going to refinance out. That's what some, I did. That's what I did with my very first yeah. Airbnb I did with yeah. Noah. I, did it exactly that way, close yep. quick on yep. Bellevue. I don't yep. know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. And then we, you know, mm -hmm. put a 30 year loan on there. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so we're doing single family residential. We'll do ground up construction. Um, we'll either do a, a one off spec home or a small, small subdivision, small condo townhouse project. Um, we'll do other commercial, you know, we'll lend on uh, multifamily. We'll do office, industrial, retail, hospitality, mini storage. Um, then we'll also make some land loans okay. as well, as long as it's to a builder or developer that has a clear plan. And typically they're just using us as a bridge loan until they get their construction financing. Excellent. Yeah. So what is from ground up? What's that? Like, can you explain that? To yeah. So, so yeah, it's typically either somebody that is buying a lot and they want to build a, a spec house. So really the only the only type of loan that we won't consider is somebody that's going to live in the property. Okay. So if somebody's building it and they plan to move into it, we can't lend or And that's because of to. the Frank law? Is that yeah, still in Yeah, Dodd-Frank Act. If, okay. If, it's, if you're going to live in the property, it's considered a consumer loan. On consumer loans, you have to prove the ability to repay, which means to do it the right way, we'd have to do a credit check. We'd, we'd gotcha, have to get gotcha. bank statements, you know, So that's returns. not really your... 
niche. We, yeah, we don't we don't want to mess with that. And there's you know you technically can't close a loan inside of you know two to three weeks because of all the things that are required. So all our stuff, our our average loan closes in about three to five days. Um, so so we're just set up to do the the quick and easy short-term stuff. Um, but but on the ground up construction side, it's something where somebody either already owns the lot or is purchasing a lot and they're gonna build a you know a spec home to build it and sell it for a profit. So on something like that, we're typically gonna lend maybe 75 to 80% of total cost. Okay. So whatever your land cost is, you know, your soft cost to, to develop the plans and get your permits, and then the, the hard cost to to build the property. We'll, we'll typically look at what's that total number and lend 75 to 80% of that. Gotcha, is that, um, how is that percentage, like is it mainly fix and flips that you guys are handling or like what's yeah. the Yeah, so, so right now in our portfolio, so we've got, we've got about 1,500 loans, we've got about 550 million lent out. Um, as far as the breakdown of that, about 80% of that single family residential then about 5% is ground up construction, 5% multifamily, 5% other commercial, and then about 5% land. Gotcha. So, we're, so we're still real heavy in, in the single family residential fix and flip. Um, but but we'll, we'll look at all those, those different asset types. And then from a geographical standpoint, about 75% of our portfolios here in Arizona, about 13% is in Colorado, and about 12% in Texas. Interesting, because I know um, for myself at least, being grounded, like I'm learning the last two years of Airbnb business, so I'm doing it all in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Next yep. year, I'll probably go to different states, but yep. I'm really trying to get everything I need to know. Yep. Um, so when did you decide to move into Texas and Colorado for the, yes. the fund? So we started lending about, I think about three and a half years ago in, in uh, Colorado. Uh, so we, we just like that market. It's a growth market. Yep. We, you know, had the Is same. it Denver area? Or? Yeah, pr primarily Denver area, okay. but we'll look. Look at other areas, Colorado Springs. You know, we'll look at stuff in the mountain towns, but we're we're typically a little bit more conservative. Good. Maybe we'll go to Colorado our next Airbnb yeah. then, because yeah, it's beautiful out there. Yeah, it is. So so yeah, we've been out there about three and a half years, and then uh, so we've got a sales office in Denver, um, and then we opened our Dallas office. I think ten or eleven months ago. Oh, uh, so, so in Dallas, mm -hmm. I hear that yeah. area is just I I've yeah. never done anything because I've always Arizona. But is yeah. that how's that? Yeah, it's it's a real healthy market, um, lower price point uh -huh. uh, than than here, and, and especially in Colorado. I think our median home price now is was it grown to around four hundred thousand here. Denver's about six hundred thousand. Uh, Dallas is closer to you know two fifty. Okay. Um, so so very affordable. Yeah. It seems like in, in but Dallas, property taxes are, are much more expensive out there. So if you look at you know if you look at buying a Know, call it a million and a half dollar house here and you're going to finance that okay it really equates to buying a maybe a nine hundred thousand or, or million dollar house in in dallas because once you fax, factor in that um the property tax payment, okay um it's it, is it's arizona one of the lowest um property taxes in the country yep yeah it is yeah we yeah, i tell people from California or other places, but my property tax there, they're like, is that for a month or <laughs> yeah, exactly. for the year? Yeah. 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 Canadians used to ask me that too mm -hmm. all the time. Like, how is it? Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's good. I love that factor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for those who are looking again to start a fund um, or, or just raise some money, is mm -hmm. there, is there a lot of compliance 
things that you have to do as a as a private money hard money lender? Yeah, we do. I mean, you know, every state's different. Arizona um, requires a, a banking or broker's license. Okay. Um, so even if you're not making consumer loans, if you're if you're lending, I mean, I think there's an exemption if you do five or less deals a year. You don't have to be licensed. Okay. Um, so yeah, so there's there's compliance with our licensing. We have to get the the fund or the uh, operating company audited every year, um, and then on the fund side, um, we've got a, a PPM, a private placement memorandum, um, and an operating agreement for the fund. Um, we've got our, our Reg D um, offerings, so we're exempt from uh, reporting to the SEC. Um, but but yeah, there there is a lot of. A lot of compliance. I mean, if you're just lending your own money, you don't necessarily need all that. But if you're raising capital from from other people, you you need to make sure that you're working with a, a good securities attorney to Makes to sense. set that all up. Yeah. yeah. So setting up the structures, mm-hmm. long term successes yep. is yep. definitely critical. Absolutely. So what new markets are you targeting in twenty this year or next year? Have you Yes, yeah, so we've some? we've got our eyes on, you know, kind of the usual suspects, you know, Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, um, South Carolina, kind of the, the, the southeast. Um, so those those would probably be the, the markets we'd we'd focus on getting open next, either later this year or, or yeah. Next I was year. out in Nashville not long ago and I have some people I friends now that I mentored in Airbnb and they're mm-hmm. crushing it, but they're, they're real top realtors there. And that's a healthy market. Mm-hmm. It's a Absolutely. Yeah. Tennessee. So, so yeah, we like, like I said, we like the growth markets. Um, we like to diversify the fund a little bit with, with some other markets, but we, we need to make sure we've got people on our team that are experts in those, in those markets because we're an asset based lender. So if we can't accurately value a property, we can get ourselves sure. in trouble. Yeah. So having the boots on the ground yeah. experts is, yeah. is critical to, yeah. 100%. to success. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to wrap up here shortly, Noah. Um, let me ask you this. Do you like what you're doing right now? Because I know there's people that um, do certain things in life and they don't actually like their job. Mm-hmm. I personally love my Airbnb and my coaching mm-hmm. and all that. Do you enjoy what you're doing every yeah. day? No, I love, I love what I do. I mean, it's every day is a little bit different. There's always a new challenge. Um, but, but yeah, there really hasn't been a day That's over amazing. the past 14 years that I've woken up and said, ugh. Got to go right. to the office. Got to get into that yeah. office. No, like, I, I do love it. And that's where you step out on a leap of faith if you're just starting and you have to create something that you want to go do every mm-hmm. day. If not, you know, for me at least, what, why are you doing it? Like oh, yeah. life goes so quickly. Yeah. yeah, life's too short to do something you don't enjoy. So that's awesome. And, and seeing your success and seeing things done the right way that's where growth happens and again having the mentors around you to Mm -hmm. steer you from explosion like Mm -hmm. oh or how do we figure this challenge out yeah yeah absolutely i I learned a lot about that um so i heard you say a few things uh noah for those viewers what you know again the program's called cut the curve where Mm -hmm. we interview moguls mentors and entrepreneurs trying Mm -hmm. to shorten the length of their learning curve what are like three hacks or three tips that you would share with folks out there in concluding yeah i mean i think definitely having a good mentor i mean there's there's a lot of people out there i mean i think i've I've liked to see over the past couple years that i feel just in general people get along 
better in the industry. People are more helpful. More than, collaboration yeah. is going on now. I'm like, holy yeah. cow, this is beautiful. Yeah. It's not like cutthroat competition exactly. anymore. And it, and it all comes down to having a, an abundance versus a scarcity. Mentality. The mindset. The yeah. mindset. So, so mentor. Yeah, mentor. find find a mentor that, that you know, has that abundance mindset that, that wants to collaborate with other people. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of great ones out there. Talk to a few of them. You know, you may get along better with, with one. Yeah, see what works another. for you. Yeah, so definitely have a, a good mentor. Um, networking is huge. You just yeah. got to... You got to get out there. I mean, you might might be uncomfortable at first. I was. You, I remember. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to go don't, tonight. You feel like you might not know the right questions to, to ask. Or uh -huh. You might not have the right answers. But again, the overwhelming majority of people are going to want to be helpful. Um, so don't don't think that it's going to be a difficult conversation. Just go into it, have the conversation, learn from it. Um, so yeah, networking and then definitely diversifying your relationships like we talked about, mm -hmm. whether it's with realtors, lenders, title companies. I mean, most of us have kind of our go-to person, but you want to make sure that if, if something's, you know, not working out with that go-to person, you don't have to spend two, three, four weeks trying to find somebody else. You already have. For sure. You already have somebody sure. else that you can quickly go to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think diversification of your relationships is, is important. Love that. Love that advice. Um, and oh, there was one thing I was going to mention to you. So with the collaboration, like if you can't do a deal, we mm -hmm. know we got someone yeah. that will. Do, and you're not hurt either. Yeah. Business yeah. is business. You're like, yeah. oh, Flip, I can't do that deal today. Yeah. But hey, Bob will help right. out. Or here, Bob, you want that deal. Yeah. And we do. So we track our conversion ratio. So our conversion ratio is typically 40 to 45%. So if we look at 100 loans, we're going to fund 40 to 45 of those. Yeah. So there's we we don't want to fund every loan. We don't necessarily want to fund every single loan for one one borrower. Sure. Um so so yeah, it's just it's it's important to, to have those other relationships. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um finally, one thing that you said that you and Mike did early on is show a track record. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to you for anything, if I, mm -hmm. and, and you have to, as being the mentor, those people have to want it more than you want it mm -hmm. as the mentor. So yep. come up with a business plan, show it to your mentor, what you need help on specifically. Mm -hmm. And then you know that they're having thought, yep. thoughtfulness behind where they want to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even, you know, if you want to get into fix and flipping and maybe you don't, have capital or don't don't know where to, to find the capital, find a mentor and just say, hey, let me do whatever you need on this deal. Like yes, just to be value, part of it. value, value. Yeah. Provide value. We know yeah. you're just starting, but like yeah. you have time, you have energy. Yep. And you'll learn a ton and, and you're willing. And, and for us, we we ask borrowers for past projects, even if they haven't necessarily owned the project, uh -huh. they've been involved. In it, we see that as a positive. Yeah, so that's that shows a track record. Yep, yep, absolutely. Excellent, excellent. Well, I learned a ton today from Noah, and you know, I hope you guys learned a ton also. And I really appreciate you being here, brother. Yeah. We'll have to go shoot some hoops <laughs> one day soon when we get good. some more time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank Thanks you very for much joining for us on Cut the Curve, brother. Absolutely. Appreciate Thanks, Flip.